Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 184. And let me start today by asking you a question. Have you ever gotten on a stage, stood in front of teachers, students, presented somewhere and kind of asked yourself, do I belong here? Why am I here? What value do I have to bring to this conversation? That's right. Today, we're talking all about the conversation and topic of imposter syndrome. And we have an amazing guest back on the show today to talk all about it, how he feels and how he's helping his coaches overcome imposter syndrome. Before we get into our interview today, I want to bring on Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm great. Um, on our way, looking forward to spring break coming in another week or so. And, you know, we're here in Kentucky. Well, all over the country, it's March Madness. But here I am in Kentucky and, you know, experiencing the March Madness basketball fever. Oh, madness is right. Wildness is better. I, I, I you know, we had a snow afternoon. It snowed like an inch or so. And then the next day it was 65 degrees. But that is the weather that we got. This past week, we had an amazing opportunity. We did our, our March coaching conversation, yes. and uh, we did a whole blog post on it. It was 10 digital learning topics that you can do with your students and teachers, but there were lessons that you can do in under an hour. And I want to say thank you out there. We had over 100 coaches register. We had nearly that many sign up and, and show up for everything. And, you know, Sue, we had an international audience. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, we, we had a great time. Um, I do want to say thank you to our friends over at KG Education. Leah Obeck was uh, was my co-host for the night. And, you know, we just went back and forth sharing our topics, sharing great lessons. And then we opened it up and other coaches had a chance to share their lessons. It was really, really neat and an amazing time. And, you know, Sue, we're going to do it again next month. Yes, be looking forward to it. Such awesome opportunities for collaboration. And how do you get involved in all of this stuff? Please do me a favor, guys. Head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. We have not one, but two amazing instructional coaching networks, one on Facebook and one on LinkedIn. Please feel free to invite yourself on a boat. They are free membership sites. We would love to have you guys over there. Check it out over at askthetechcoach.com and join us on Twitter also at Ask the Tech Coach. You know, Sue, I am so excited to welcome back my good friend and somebody who I work with almost every day here. Dr. Dan Krinas. Dan, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying the madness of March, as you guys uh, alluded to a few minutes ago. And uh, I, we're not getting ready for our spring break yet. But no, like Jeff, no, Jeff said, uh, we have had at least a little taste of uh, spring weather. So I'm looking forward to at least the nicer weather. So no, we're doing all right. But as a coach, this is that weird time. You know, we've, we've been talking about this as a group. Uh, for those listening, Dan and I work on the same coaching team. Um, I feel like more so than the last two years, this school year has gone on almost forever. Yet here we are having conferences. We're only at the halfway point, Dan. H how are you feeling about this year? What's been excited about this year so far? What has been uh, jazzing you up? As you know, Jeff, uh, I don't know if Sue knows this, I, I started out the school year as an assistant principal in a different district and actually returned uh, to to the my former district, which is now my current district. Um, so it's been a whirlwind of a school year for me as well um, to be in two different districts in an admin role and, and back in a coaching role now. Um, but I, I really do think I'm, I'm doing what I love to do. And I'd agree that this year has been long. It's been frustrating. It's been overwhelming. Overwhelming. It's been stressful. It's been all the things. But um, I do feel like if we can get through these next few weeks, uh, it, it, you know, we're in the home stretch. And I think we're past the halfway point at this point. But um, March, 
March is tough because it's a long, it's a long month. Um, our district toyed with the idea of doing spring break in March to align with more like college spring breaks. And there was enough backlash that now they switched it back to April uh, for this year. So it's not for another few weeks for us, but um you know, I think one of the things that I've definitely enjoyed the most out of this year, although it's challenging, I'll admit it's probably one of the biggest challenges I face as well, but I don't know, I kind of thrive on that, is the opportunity to uh, work with teachers and support teachers coming out of the pandemic who, frankly, are frustrated, were frustrated with having to use so much technology. And as a, as a digital learning coach, I I've, I've, have felt like I'm obliged to honor that and and acknowledge that but to say look we have to keep using it maybe not every day or all the time and and i've really tried tried to um stress and and really support them with a blended learning approach where it's like yeah sometimes you can use non-traditional and sometimes you can use traditional instructional methods and sometimes you can use tech and sometimes you, you don't have to but a nice blend of those things are what is really needed to get our students future ready. And you can't just say, you know, wipe your hands clean of it and be done with technology. I'm, I'm over it. Uh, so I think it's been a challenge, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of thrive on that. I enjoy, um, even if teachers are a little resistant to that idea, just working with them to kind of break that barrier. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, Sue and I talk about this a lot. When we started in September, you had the, you know, I don't want to be using technology. Let's get them off the Chromebooks. Let's get them back into the physical. And, you know, here we are six months later, it's <laughs> still halfway through the year. And now we have no masks or 50-50 or however you want to look at it that way. But it has been a long year. There's a lot of stuff. Sue, what are you excited about now that we're at that halfway point and we are kind of looking down the mountain? Well, I, I am excited. We were having this conversation at our KISTI conference um, a couple of weeks ago with just seeing just some glimmers of semblances of normal coming back and nothing is ever going to be exactly the same prior to the pandemic. We know that and my teachers, I think are understanding that and they're, you know, holding on to the technology they've learned and are appreciating and starting to um, appreciate using it uh, more so, but just seeing just those glimmers of normalcy of, you know, you're not hearing about new cases every day. You're not, you're seeing people's faces and the kids' faces and yeah. getting to see their smile and interacting with them facially, which is awesome. And we've been um, without mask in our school system for a while, um, recommended and optional. Um, we're a private school, but uh, more so than the public schools. But just being able to see, you know, our colleagues at the KISTI conference the other day, you know, maskless and interacting and now to be able to see our kids and, you know, and spring is coming and people are getting into a little bit better spirits and just things are picking up just a little bit, which is nice. So, Dan, I'm glad that you're on the show today. Um, we've talked a lot about coaching, but I, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is uh, your podcast. You do a show called Leader of Learning where you're specifically talking to, you know, coaches, administrators, people who are in that leadership position. Um, how's the show going these days? It's going great. Um, you know, I mentioned a little while ago that earlier this year, I switched roles uh, for a little while and, and became an administrator at a district that was a little further away from me and um, kind of took me away from the podcast for a little while. We went on a hiatus and really wasn't producing anything for a few months, uh, but we've been back at it. And, uh, turning out uh, podcast episodes every couple of weeks and uh, YouTube videos when, when I can get around to it and uh, trying to put a little bit more time and effort and energy into that as well. But uh, yeah, things have been going great at, at Leader of Learning. And um, actually, most recently, I put out a couple of videos about uh, the topic that we're going to discuss here tonight, too, around imposter syndrome and um, some things that I think are, are timely in, in terms of supporting um, in general, educators, but especially, like you said before, you know, coaches who are who are kind of struggling through some of those uh, difficult 
feelings around kind of where their place is at in in the world of education. And as a matter of fact, some of what I've been the, the content that I've been putting out lately, and even uh, leading up to this conversation too, got me to rethink sort of my um, my mission with the Leader of Learning podcast. And and I changed it even on my website today. My my uh, tagline kind of changed to the point where now it's uh, helping educators. And, and I hope I get this right. Helping educators grow as uh, instructional leaders, basically. I don't know if I got that 100%, but it's something like that because I am really passionate. It's on there somewhere. You're showing on the website, uh, which obviously won't help anyone listening to the audio only. But, yeah, um, because I just feel like um, like that's where that's where all of my experience over the last couple of years has kind of led me to. A couple of weeks ago, we were in a department meeting and we started this conversation about imposter syndrome. And, and I got to tell you, it, it sparked so much in me. And coming from an educational background, coming from a music background, um, and I want to deep dive into a couple of these things. So, Dan, by the way, I'm going to take advantage of the word doctor because this is going to be a session tonight. What is imposter syndrome? What are what what does that mean to you? I know that word could mean something different to me, to Sue, and to anybody else listening, but but how can we for the for the purpose of tonight's conversation, how do we define this term imposter syndrome? Yeah, you know, and I think just to go back to the point you just made about how it could mean different things for different people. Um, you know, I've put some time into learning and doing some research into imposter syndrome, and I've realized that there are five common types of it. And so the reason why people might feel uh, differently about imposter syndrome is because they're facing a different type of it. But essentially what it boils down to is it's mental health, right? It's and, and it's a lack of confidence, self-confidence for some reason. Um, and, and I think for the most part, the reasons stem from usually uh, comparing yourself to other people and feeling like you're not quite good enough um, or just, you know, in general, kind of doubting your place and your role and feeling like you don't fit in um, and, and kind of becoming your own worst enemy, really. It's interesting that you say that. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Back me up here. You said the lack of or you, you just said it and it, it hit me. You, you said the lack of confidence or not believe. Yeah, I mean, say it's, that again. It's, it's definitely like a lack of of self confidence, and okay. um, you know, kind of basically, it's it's you you feel like you're a failure, or or probably better uh, better term is like you feel like a fake or a phony or a fraud because you just don't feel like you measure up. See, that's 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 interesting, and and you know, I I do agree. This can be different for everybody. And I think where Dan's saying lack of, I, I think my definition of it would be the questioning of, which could be the same thing. But for instance, um, take today. I, I had to give a presentation to over 100 teachers in a building that I don't teach in. And yeah, there was a part of me that says, why am I here? Do I belong? Why would these people listen to me? I don't know for me if that's a lack of confidence, but for me, that's the questioning of things. That's the gut check to make sure. And for me, that's that's the thing that says, okay, no, 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 like you're human. You 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 do belong here. And I think you even said this to me the other day. Like, you know, you do have to take that time and go, no, I I I do belong here. I do belong podcasting at a, at a conference or running a thing or working with so-and-so or being in the principal's office or, you know, whatever that happens to be. So how do you define this term for yourself? Well, for me, I think a lot like what you guys have said, I would, I would use a lot of those same words, but I would also maybe tag that with just the inability to believe that the success that you have achieved, that you're deserving of it. So I've, that's what stood out to me. And, you know, knowing we were going to discuss this topic um, in our recording tonight, I was kind of reading up on some things and just some examples. And it's that inability to believe that your success is deserved in your own personal 
life. Yeah, I want to I want to point out um, an example. And it's pretty timely because in between uh, the conversation that Jeff is referencing that we had amongst our coach, you know, our team of coaches, and now uh, leading up to this talk, this discussion that we're having tonight, ESPN ran an article earlier this week on a um, a gold medal Olympian gymnast who won the gold medal in the all around. Uh, I think it remember when the the olympics were postponed from 2020 so i think this was 2021 the summer olympics and um the the olympian was gymnast suni lee i have the article in front of me and earlier this week she gave an interview with someone where she admitted that she has faced what she calls imposter syndrome and has battled this quote-unquote lack of confidence even after, even since she earned a gold medal in an all in the all around competition for gymnastics, and so basically she came back and she's really I mean she was a teenager uh, or is a teenager essentially still, and she came back and started school college as a freshman, and like still has so much life ahead of her uh, ahead of her, but she's feeling like she doesn't measure up to the achievements that she's already accomplished at really a, a very young age. So I think Jeff, when you say like, it's not necessarily a lack of confidence, but it's questioning. And then Sue, you kind of back that up with saying like, you know, you, you don't realize your place in something because maybe it's hard for you to kind of um, take all of your experiences and accomplishments and successes and, and tout that really it's uncomfortable for people to do it. And I, and I get why, I mean, I've, one of the things that I, that I point to too, when it comes to imposter syndrome is that people really get uncomfortable with the term expert. They don't like to call themselves experts. And again, I mean, even right now, like I have trouble saying that I'm an expert in the topic of imposter syndrome, right? But like, what does expert mean? I don't know. Sometimes I think you just need to take a step back and realize I know at least a little bit more than someone else does in a topic. And that makes me an ex expert. You know, you don't have to have years and years of experience or research or letters after your name or anything like that. It's just, I know a little bit more. As tech coaches, we know more than the average classroom teacher with technology and digital learning and that's why we're in the positions that we're in to support the teachers in that area and, and that was one of the big things that i was trying to tell our uh, our fellow coaches recently as well that you know they're in their positions that they have for a reason and and they really need to to ride those accomplishments and successes that they've had in the classroom or in their careers as coaches and and use that to really kind of own that 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 expert uh, category, that, that classification. Do you find in general, since you're the expert, Dan, or by, for yourself, that imposter syndrome comes before an event, during an event, or is it possible for imposter syndrome to come after an event? I think it is possible for it to come after an event. And, I, I think what I would, I, th I think I'm only really qualified to speak, uh, to answer that question with my own experiences. For me, it's definitely leading up to an event. And sometimes those events are in my day-to-day -day work as a coach. Um, I, I'm just going to admit, like, sometimes it's, it's hard for me to, uh, to go into classrooms to, quote-unquote, observe teachers, uh, to conduct walkthroughs and i'm in a bit of a unique role because of course coaches are not administrators but i have been an administrator and i'm also a coach who's responsible for upholding uh requirements of a grant program that you may have heard of the verizon innovative learning schools where we are tasked with going into classrooms and conducting walkthroughs where we have to use essentially like a checklist like a tool to capture um, evidence of our of our observation. And so those events, quote unquote, do intimidate me. Uh, and, and I do get sort of imposter syndrome because I guess I worry about what teachers are thinking when I when I'm doing that, when I'm walking through their classrooms. And I admitted to the, the group of coaches and, and you uh, recently, and I'll say it here on the podcast, too, that I mean, I've I've had 
opportunities to present at conferences, whether they be regional or national. And I've backed out. I mean, I've, I've gotten imposter syndrome so bad and, and intimidated so much that I have first accepted and then declined opportunities to speak because I've really doubted my place uh, in terms of my, my expertise and, and my uh, experiences. Does that sound like you have regrets or does that just sound like you're, you're, you're okay in your skin with that decision? Yeah, I would say I have regrets. Um, I, you know, I, I think I'll give you an example uh, of, of a time where I faced imposter syndrome too. And, and you guys might relate to this too, because you're in similar positions as, as tech coaches and your audience is tech coaches. So they might have experiences too. When I, the first opportunity I had to become an instructional coach uh, a handful of years ago, my classroom experience really was in ELA. So I was an English language arts teacher and reading teacher at a middle school level. I have certification in music, but I, I've never actually taught music in a classroom. So here I am with ex experience in English and music, but now I'm being asked to support teachers in all content areas. And I've definitely felt imposter syndrome when it came to like, how am I going to support the math teacher, the science teacher, the phys ed teacher, you know, like people, uh, people who teach content areas that I'm really not familiar with. Yep. And, um, and there were some, there were definitely times where I probably could have and should have stepped up more and asserted myself more, but it was intimidating, you know, to be tasked with supporting teachers in all these different content areas when I, when I was only kind of living in my little ELA bubble. So it's interesting hearing Dan talk about this and you and I bring this up a lot. You know, my background is music, but yes. I'm walking into a third grade classroom and I always sit there and go, who am I to be telling a third grade teacher? I think, and, and Dan and I are similar because we got, we have kids the similar ages and I, you know, you've, you've got kids too and all those different things. Now that I have, my triplets and they're in second grade, I feel more confident walking into elementary school and saying, let's try this because then I can draw on my parenting as opposed to, well, I've, I don't have kids and I'm a viola player, right? Like I have a little bit of a background, but even when I was first getting started as a coach, yeah, it took me a while to, 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 to take a deep breath and walk into those elementary because I, I didn't know what a second grader does. I didn't know what a, what a fifth grader does. I mean, how, how do you work out things with yourself, Sue, when you're walking between all the different places? I mean, do you take a deep breath before walking in in certain situations? Sometimes, and I'm totally vice versa in that instance. When I walk into a high school to talk to a high school math teacher, I'm just like, they're standing yes. over me and I'm like, okay, you can use this tool to make this happen, but... I don't know how to tell you to, I can tell you how the tool works, but I don't know how to tell you to make that equation work in the tool. So yes, I do sometimes take a little deep breath, but you know, thankfully over the years I've gained the confidence. I mean, I remember back in 2007 when I first started tech coaching, that was the feeling I got, but it's gotten better through the years and it's not so much like that anymore. Now, when I did change it back in 2018, when I changed school districts, I kind of went through that again to I had to prep myself because now these are new teachers who don't know what I know. And, you know, these big math teachers who know all these numbers were a little intimidating at first. So, yes, I've definitely gone through that in the opposite direction. Dan, how do you know if you're having imposter syndrome? How do you know if you're just questioning your existence and your reality. And I'll, I'll give you an example. If I bring back my music background, I've had my kids play on the stage at Carnegie Hall. And, and I don't know if this is imposter syndrome, but I will never forget the moment where they let us on the stage. I'm getting emotional. And, and I, it was just me. Like they gave me like five minutes on the stage. The hall was empty. No, it was just me. And I stood there at that box and I said to myself, you know, Dvorak was here and Bernstein was here. And, and like, why am I here? Is that imposter syndrome or was I just giddy or was that like 
is that imposter syndrome? You're sitting there going, how did I get to be here? I think it is. And, and actually, I, I have a similar experience. I, I played when I was in high school, I played uh, on the stage at Carnegie Hall. And so um, definitely can can empathize with uh, the, what you were feeling. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to kind of do a, a little bit of a shameless plug here in, in a couple of ways. First of all, um, I, I wrote a chapter in a, in a book that's hopefully going to be published sometime over the next couple of months. It's uh, the second book in the series that's gone on now by um, Pushing Boundaries uh, Publishing called The 100 Things That hundred no-nonsense things that all teachers should stop doing. Uh, and, and I've written a chapter now in uh, the second book that all the things that all the leaders should stop doing. But in the first book, I wrote a chapter called Stop Worrying What Others Think About You or Stop Comparing Yourself to Others. And some of that chapter really went in, dug a little deeper into uh, imposter syndrome and, um, and how it can affect someone because they're comparing themselves to others. Um, and, and recently on my own, YouTube channel, I put out two videos. One is on what imposter syndrome is and the five types of it. And the other is five ways to overcome it, which uh, I'm, I'm guessing this conversation will lead to pretty soon too. Um, but to answer your question, Jeff, I think that, um, yeah, that is imposter syndrome because you're having trouble realizing where you fit into things. And, and like I, I used the word before, intimidating. I think a lot of times when we feel intimidation, it's because, A, we're I, you know, comparing ourselves to others or putting others like on a pedestal that we feel like we're never going to amount to or reach, um, or it's just our own feeling of um, inadequacy. And so, um, you know, some of the different types of imposter syndrome can range from uh, actually being a perfectionist is is a type of imposter syndrome or being like Superman or Superwoman and feeling like you have to do everything uh, and feeling like you, nothing you do is ever going to be good enough. Those are types of imposter syndrome. But I think um, probably the one that you are referring to more so than anything with your with your example there is one that we call the natural genius where um you do have a lot of experience and expertise and you're like but why me why why am i here why am i the one to do this and and again like i said like you really question your place in certain situations What's the flip of that? I'll, I'll give you the example here. And, you know, we, we both have an opportunity to work not only, you know, on our school district, but in our school district. And we've also worked with other school districts, et cetera. There's the time where you get called to the superintendent's office because they need your help. And, you know, you're sitting there going, there's a million people in this district. Why are they calling me? So what's the what's the What's the flip of that? Is it confidence? Is it overconfidence? Is it cocky? Is it right? Because you, you sometimes you flip it and go, well, of course they're calling me. I'm, I'm amazing. I'm wonderful. Of course they're look at me, right? Like, which is different. And, and you need to know when to flip the barometer. I don't, I'm not sure what the right words are on that, but you got to know when to hold it, know when to fold it. Right. Yeah. And I'm not here to profess that like these are super easy to do. Uh, I'm still working on it. We're all still working on how to overcome these feelings. Um, and again, I'll point to the video that I recently put out on my YouTube channel that goes through five ways to overcome imposter syndrome. But it, it doesn't happen right away. This is probably these are probably things that you have to practice over time. Um, but I think the two ways of overcoming imposter syndrome that would help in this particular situation are one you got to stop comparing yourself to other people because that makes someone who experiences imposter syndrome just so uncomfortable and so intimidated and so nervous about things the other thing is a lot and, and i think this is what sue was getting at a little bit before too you do really at some point need to take a step back and think about and realize and dare i say pat yourself on the back for the experiences and successes and maybe accolades that you've that you've earned throughout your life throughout your career you know depending on the, the situation um it's it's tough to say because I, I said before like i've backed out of opportunities that i've gotten to speak but 
if I had maybe taken a step back and said, you know, I've been in education now 16 years and I've been a teacher, a coach, an administrator. I've gotten my doctorate degree. I have this podcast and I'm creating content. Like, I think I know it's it's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but the more that people can do that and feel okay doing that, um, and it, I do feel like it's it almost can't come from other people, which is weird. But and and I think Jeff, you said this recently too. Like it's hard for you to to hear that from other people, um, but to like really internalize it yourself and and to think. I am, I am right for this opportunity. I do have the experience. I do. I am an expert enough. You know, a lot of people think, uh, I I just use the word enough. A lot of people think they need to know everything, right? It's like, you just need to do enough or know enough and that'll be good enough. Good enough has to become more ingrained, I think in people so that they don't get to be that perfectionist type that, that faces the imposter syndrome. When I was going through my doctorate program and Jeff, if it, when you get there uh, sometime soon, the best dissertation is a finished dissertation. That was like the biggest advice that people gave me. You're laughing, but it's true and you, and you'll experience it. You have you have to just push through and do what it takes and just get it done. You can't worry about being perfect at every at every chapter and every sentence. And it's like you just have to do it and and get it over with. Well, that, I, that I, was the advice. I I, I, I want to switch topics on you here, but I have to poke at that because um, we've talked about this. But I want you to bring it up on this show here. Are there times where you say hi? My name is Doctor Krynas, and there's times where you say hi. My name is Dan. And does that have to do with imposter syndrome? Obviously, social settings are different. You're not going to go to the mall and say, hi, I'm a doctor. But I mean, like, are there social settings where you you bring up the D word and there's times where you're just like, yep, I'm Dan? Yeah, I don't know for me if it's imposter syndrome as much as it is just um, a credibility factor. Uh, I, I think that if I'm in more of a a work-like setting and, and I'm really doing something in education, which is, you know, what my degree is in educational leadership, then I'm, I'm more apt to use it for credibility's sake. And, you know, I said, it's not so much about the imposter syndrome. Maybe that's a way of trying to prevent the imposter syndrome, you know? So I know that I have sort of that, that backing of the, the, the degree and, and that expertise. So um, it helps me to, to realize um, my, my, my clout, you know, my street cred, if you will. Like I go into a, a classroom at work or if I go into a presentation that I'm giving, I'm like, all right, I got this behind me. So I, I know what to do. So you recently went to uh, Kisti yes. and you went to FETC and those are those are big conferences. That's, you know, a little bit bigger, I would say, than, hey, it's a Monday faculty meeting. How do you prepare for those things? How do you prepare or do you do you maybe you just do it naturally and it's an OK thing, right? Like, do you feel sometimes why am I here? There's a million people putting in applications. Why me? Um, what's your thoughts on all of this? I mean, do you get the, you know, the, the, the shivers a little bit when you stand up at a big stage or you're at a conference or anything like that? Yes. This past time I did, I was telling my colleagues when I was at KISTE, I did not present at FETC this year, but I did at the KISTE conference. And obviously it's been two years because of COVID presenting face to face at a big conference. And that first session that Wednesday morning, I looked at two of my coworkers who were in the room with me and I said, I usually don't get nervous. I've done this for 15 years. I don't get nervous. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, how do I do this? I haven't done this in so long. What are they going to think? This is Susan Vincent. She's, you know, they know me here in Kentucky. I don't want to get up here and mess up in front of my peers. And so, yes, I, I, I recently felt that way. And now just, and I'll be vulnerable and admit this. You you guys were admitting things while ago. Sitting here talking to you all on this podcast sometimes gives me um, butterflies in my stomach because I'm like, okay, what's Jeff going to ask me next? What am I going to have to say? Is it going to come out right in front of these 
people that are known across the country and have been known in education for years, or I think I, I think I am, but then I have to think and humble myself and remember I'm an educator, just like they are, just like Jeff is, just like Dan is, just like any other credible person out there that we all follow. We're all in education. We're all here to help the teachers. So you have to learn to pull yourself back a lot of the times, or a lot of what Dan was saying long ago, pull your, rein yourself back in. And whether that's done, and again, we may get to this, whether that's done through your own just calmness, your own faith, whatever that may be, however that needs to happen, but we all go through it and we have to kind of humble ourselves back in a lot of the time. So how do you push through that? Are, are, are you over planning because you haven't done this in a while? I mean, we all haven't done this in a while. Are you, mm -hmm. are you over planning? Are you just getting it done or you're relying on the fact maybe that you are awesome and you've done this a hundred times, right? Like what got you through those sessions? Well, I'm not an over planner, never have been. So just I relied back, reined myself in just back on my experience. I've done this a hundred times. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. I do this every day. Just reminding yourself that you do belong there. And I know it sounds cliche. It, it really does sometimes. But, you know, we do have the credibility. That's why we're in the role we're in. That's why our school systems hired us. And that's why these organizations approve us to present. Because if we didn't have credible information to share, they would not approve us. And, you know, many of us talking now, you know, we're presenting at credible conferences and places like that. So it's just reining yourself in. And I think a lot of um, if any of you guys out there are Enneagram researchers, and I was going to get Dan's take on this. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram scales or not, but I, it seems like certain types of Enneagram numbers. And I, I happen to be an Enneagram three, which is the achiever and probably all three of us in this little room right now are, are probably that type as educators. And we tend to be the achiever. We want to succeed. We want that credibility. And then sometimes when it doesn't always happen the way we think it should, that's when that imposter syndrome tends to set in, I believe. You know, Dan, I, I, I had a little moment today. I don't know if it came out. We had a, you know, we, we had a faculty meeting. We had a department meeting today. <laughs> And, and this is coming out of my training as a conductor, which is you're the only one on stage that doesn't make a sound. And, and sometimes an audience member comes to see the orchestra and sometimes an audience member comes because they're playing Beethoven. And yeah, there are some times if your name is big enough that they come to see you, the conductor. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's like your mom and your dad in the audience. But the idea and the training that I've always had is. If somebody says, Jeff, it was, you know, it was a great concert, great performance or whatever. My training always says, you say, thank you. The orchestra did well and you deflect. And I've always done that. And I, I think that's, we've had these conversations and I've said this on the show. That's why teacher cast is always a, we, it's always the, the, the website did this or the podcast did this. It's the same conversation of, you know, you say the orchestra played really well, as opposed to. Yes, thank you, Dan. I did a great job, didn't I? Like, it's different. But when it comes to school and being a coach, I'm always the first to say, my teacher did a great job. Like, m the work you do comes out in the student's work or achievement or the teacher succeeding at something. But thinking about this, we had a situation today during our department meeting, and it was the first one we really, really had, you know, this calendar year. We went around, we introduced ourselves, and I really had to think about what I was going to say. And my title in the district in the, you know, is lead instructional coach. And in front of everybody, I still really feel weird saying the word lead, even though that's what it is. That's how it works. And, you know, I've got different responsibilities. But just to say the word lead, that was that actually took a lot for me to actually say that because I just want to be a, you know, I just want to be a part of the group. I don't want to stand out or stand up or stand around. Um, is that imposter syndrome or is Jeff just a weird guy or am I just talking here on the show? Dan, what do you, how do you feel about that? 
I do think it is. And I think it gets back to what I kind of started with, which is that uh, people really have a hard time uh, acknowledging or accepting their expertise and their um, elevated roles or status sometimes. And um, I would definitely chalk that up to imposter syndrome. Um, you know, for me, I think that uh, I'll give you an example from um, from my experience, too, as a, a I guess I'll, I'll say popular or uh, fairly popular connected educator. Um, my wife works at a private school and um, not I don't think too many of her teachers or, or people who work at the school are, are well connected. But one of the administrators at the school, uh, we follow each other on Twitter. And when she first started following me, uh, the comment that she made back to my wife was, whoa, your husband's a rock star. And that was like that. That was definitely, you know, one of those imposter syndrome moments. I'm like, who, me? I mean, I, th I think I have a, a pretty decent Twitter following, but I know that there are plenty of people out there who have bigger, uh, you know, other educators and other content creators. And so I was like, what, little old me? You know, but um, but that was humbling as well. And, uh, you know, it, it did. Um, yeah, people. I, it's tough, man. I, people people have trouble uh, with those the, those kind of compliments and and realizing that um, they do add provide you know provide so much value to people that um, it, it's just tough to to realize. Uh, one of the one of the other nicest compliments I've gotten because you brought this up, Jeff, a minute ago about kind of um, you know whether it's coaches or teachers not being able to take credit for things, I. As a coach, I worked with a teacher who left the, the district for a while and came back kind of like I did this year in our district. And when he came back, you know, a whole group of other educators and administrators from across the district, he acknowledged me and the work that I was doing as a coach because he said, you know, between the time that I left and now that I've come back, I've seen so much growth and transformation in our teachers in terms of you know, ramping up the technology and, and having more engaging lessons. And he gave me a lot of credit for that. And it was hard to accept because of that imposter syndrome, but it really felt great. And I guess my advice to people listening, whether you're a coach or a classroom teacher or, or in whatever role you are in, likely in education, definitely whether you not, maybe not outward, outwardly, because that would be cocky and conceited, like you said before, Jeff, but accept those compliments and, and accept when people um, give you those pats on the back and that the attaboys or the attagirls. And, you know, when, when someone throws some, some credit your way, you have to accept it and, and say thank you and be humble and um, just know that you are doing some really great work and, and you are in the position that you're in because you were, you were chosen for it, you know, for a reason because that's uh, you bring something special to the table with you and somebody really wanted you to do that in their school, in their district. And uh, you know, and, and in, in your way, I, I used to work with a guy who called that your, your teacher magic, right? You have the teacher magic that you have and no one else has it. And that's why you, you're doing what you're doing. If you look back over the last 10 and a half years, and this is an honest to God, true story. It took me over two years to put my name on the website and it took me over 50 50 50 episodes to actually say my name on the podcast and it was only after my second isti when somebody came up and you know this is what you said dan somebody came up and said you know i heard your voice and i knew it was you but i didn't know who you were but i listened to you constantly and the light bulb kind of hit on and said oh okay so I'm I'm hurting myself by through imposter syndrome or I'm I'm not pushing my brand. And and that is it, it took me, you know, eight years after that to, you know, you put your name like putting my picture on the podcast square was a huge thing for me, like huge thing for me. And that's why when I start every single show, it's always, you know, welcome to teacher cast. My name is. That's a huge thing for me from coming from the imposter syndrome. Again, being the person that, oh, the, the website's doing well or the orchestra's doing well or the teacher's doing well. 
I, I feel like I fight imposter syndrome every time I turn the mic on or every time I do that. And that's just the way I am. My question here, and I, and we, we, I want to wrap up with this conversation. And by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, I didn't mean for this to be a session for Dan and I and Sue, but, but thank you. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at Ask the Tech Coach. I guarantee every single coach listening to this today has had some form of imposter syndrome. I just don't believe that it's somebody out there hasn't had that little, you know, tingle in the back of their mind that says, why am I here? Or what makes me so special or anything like that? But I, I want to see if we can give a couple tips. How do you get through this? What suggestions do you have? Dan, I, I'm going to definitely make sure that we put your video on the show notes here. So that way you can embed it. You can link to it again. This is ask the tech coach 184. It is a fantastic video called five ways to overcome Dan. We're going to wrap this up here. How do we overcome? Um, give me one thing that we can do to overcome imposter syndrome today. I think if you're looking for one thing, it would probably be listing or, or making note of your achievements, your accomplishments, your successes, whatever that means to you. Obviously, it's going to be very personal and very unique and different for everyone, but write them down. You know, if you're a journaler, uh, you like taking notes or whatever, um, put it somewhere, even if you just keep it like tucked away. But I'm thinking that at some point, like Jeff said, everyone kind of goes through this. Like you're probably going to want to re refer back to it. And when you do, maybe you have it, you know, posted next to your uh, office desk or something where it's really visible. But I'm guessing you probably don't want to have to do that. Like pull it out, review it. Uh, if you're like Sue and, and she has a, a presentation coming up or me, I've been accepted to present somewhere, like pull it out and re remind yourself and refresh in your mind why you have gotten to the place that you've gotten. I think that's something that's fairly quick and easy that everyone can do to, um, to realize their uh, their expertise and and um you know to to not worry about what other people think of them not compare themselves to other people just realize that you're you and and you're you for a reason and those are the reasons your experiences your accomplishments your successes sue how about yourself if you were sitting there saying to some a, a new coach this is how you can overcome imposter syndrome what advice would you have for me uh, personally, and you know, when in my school system, we can do this. It's my faith. Um, I'll, I'll gladly say that it's my faith, but it's also the relationship and the accountability of my close friends and colleagues that I have with me, you know, to keep us all in check and keep us all accountable with feeling confident in what we can do and, you know, and not letting each other get a big head as we move forward. So I'm curious, uh, and we've we've kind of touched on these topics. I don't want to go down too far, but I, I know you do work at your local religious establishment. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had these conversations with, um, forgive me on the term, pastor, preacher, whatever that person is called, I'm just thinking this out, like that person stands up in front and represents a higher thought process. Have you ever had any imposter conversations with the people at your establishment? Well, our school isn't run by a specific local church. I mean, we each have our own local churches that we attend. So we still have a superintendent. We have a head of school and um, we have, you know, assistant superintendent uh, for academics, which is my boss. But yes, as a team, as an academic services slash curriculum team, we meet fairly often, typically weekly, and we have these conversations and we have these conversations about ourselves as a team. And then how do we help the teachers overcome these things of, am I good enough to be teaching this? You know, we, we teach Bible curriculum in our school and, you know, I feel inadequate sometimes because I'm I'm a technology expert as Dan as Dan used the word expert, mm -hmm. and I'm definitely I mean I I've grown up 
you know, in church my whole life, but I am not the biblical and theology expert. And I feel very inadequate sitting at the same table with those biblical experts. So, so yes, it happens, but we all have to remember, and that's what we as a team have to tell the teachers, we're all in our role. And if you're an elementary teacher down here, you know, you're teaching these kids how to read. And that's just as important as what's going on at the high school up, upstairs. So, you know, we all have our role and we all have our part to play in ultimately reaching the students. Dan, your podcast, your website, your blog, your brand is called Leader of Learning. And I've been listening to your shows recently because I'm coming towards the end of my administrative certificate process. I'm not even halfway through the doctorate yet, but I'm thinking about all this going, does the certificate mean you're qualified? What means you're qualified? You know, is it the idea that a piece of paper suddenly says you can be the principal leader, superintendent, direct, whatever it is, or is it the ability for you to feel like you're confident enough to stand up, make a decision, back it up, fail if possible, but then fail forward? What is your definition of qualified, ready? How do you know? Because there's got to be some voice in your head that says, all right, I was accepted. I'm now the principal. Here we go. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough question to answer for me, but I think I would probably point to, uh, you know, since a, a large part, part of your audience are tech coaches, right? It's, it's the moment you stepped out of the classroom and became a coach. Or if you're a parent, it's the moment you had your first kid. Or if you're, if you're listening to this and, and you're in an admin role when you got out of being a, a teacher or whatever level you were at and, and became an administrator, like sometimes you, you get into situations that you don't have training or experience that has really prepared you for it. And I think those are times that are some of the toughest when it comes to imposter syndrome because you really don't know how you're going to do it, you know, what kind of expertise do I bring, do I bring to the table? You know, I, I definitely felt that as a new parent, as a new coach, as a new administrator. Um, but I think I'm going to go back to what I said before. Um, you know, you are typically, um, in a, in a position to help people to create content for them, to support them because you at least know a little bit more than they do. And maybe that's because you have, a more advanced degree, or maybe it's because you um, specialize in a certain content or a certain area more than they, or it could just be because you've been doing it longer. Again, like I referenced just a minute ago, being a, a first time parent, how many of those of us in this conversation or those of us listening to the podcast, when we became parents for the first time, did we reach out to other people who had more experience? I know I did. As a matter of fact, no joke. Long story short, first night we brought my son home, he was crying overnight and we called the hospital and we spoke to the nurses that we spent the, the past few days with because we were like, what do we do? I don't know what to do with a kid who just keeps crying all night. So, you know, um, definitely realizing that that you when you get to that level where you have a leg up on someone, I, for, I don't know really how better to put that. I, I don't mean like you're you know, you're better than them. I mean that you just know a little bit more than they do. That's where that, that confidence and expertise comes from. I, I think any time that a new parent leaves the hospital, all the nurses look at their watch <laughs> and just go, all right, give him an hour. He'll call. He'll call. I, I remember that one well, all three times. Um, my answer and this is kind of how I handle things. And I don't think this is surprising for, for either of you, but I lean into it. If there's a challenge, I lean into it. If there's a, you know, you get called into some office, I lean into it. If you get a call for a keynote, you lean into it and you realize, okay, you are here for a reason. You know, it's not going to be long and it's starting to happen already. The triplets are, you know, asking questions. Well, who am I to answer the question about whatever the topic? Well, your dad your mom, your, your coach, your lead instructional, whatever it is. Right. But I, I like to take the idea that, no, you are here, have the confidence and, and, and lead into it. And I know, gonna... I know we, I know we kind of want to wrap up, but I, I wanted to take what you just said and piggyback off of it as sort of my, uh, 
my little conclusion here. Um, I think for educators, especially when you really embrace the aspect of being a lifelong learner, that goes a long way too. Whether it's I want to keep learning to be a better educator, or like even in the situation that we were just talking about, as being a parent, like you, you're gonna have to figure it out. Whether it's your first time parenting or not, like something comes up, your kids have questions, you're faced with a, a, a situation that you've never experienced before. How are you gonna figure out how to do it? Right, you got to learn how to do it. Maybe you you seek someone else's expertise. Maybe you look up articles, you watch YouTube videos. I don't know, but um, just that, that aspect of knowing that you're going to figure it out, you're going to get through it. That helps so, so much. Completely agree. And I am so happy that you had a chance to come on the show today and, you know, talk about this. We've been talking about this the last few weeks at our meetings and it's such an important topic here. Sue, I think we need to have more of these kind of coaching, um, ah, what's the right word, therapy sessions. Yes, this has just been awesome. Just, I mean, I feel like we're not even sitting here recording a podcast. We're just having a conversation, and now thousands of people are going to hear our uh, therapy session as they drive to work on Monday morning. Oh, that's right. We're recording this, aren't we? <laughs> But it's been awesome. We want to know what you think. This is such an important topic. If you know anything about this or would like to continue this conversation with us, you can head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. We will definitely be bringing these topics into our coaching group. And as we said the other night, what happens in our coaching group stays in our coaching group. We do like to make sure that everybody um, is available and is sharing their thoughts, sharing their ideas, and sharing all of the things that, that they need to grow and uh, and and to lead others. And I figured if you're going to lead anything, Dan, you got to lead the learning. Where can we learn more about the great stuff that you're doing? First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, sorry if it got to be like a little bit of a heavy topic, but it was kind of a therapy session. And I know that that your audience has felt this before. And that expert in me thinks that I, I can um, we can provide some value there in terms of how they can um, deal with those feelings. But anyway, I really appreciate the opportunity and to find me, my podcast, everything that I'm creating. It's leaderoflearning.com. The podcast is on uh you know, anywhere that you can find podcasts, but um, all my social media, my newsletter, my blog, everything, leaderoflearning.com. That's the place to be. So you've got some great stuff going on on your channel. Uh, where can we learn more about the great things that you're doing these days? Yeah, come find me over at my YouTube channel at Tech Imaginations and also go to my website, techimaginations.net slash presentations. And you can take a look at my recent KISTE 2022 presentations that I did. Sue, so next time we get together, I think it's time. I think it's time that we sit down and we unveil what we've been discussing here on the show for the last, oh my goodness, eight months. Um, many of you know that we've been working through all of the different steps on a project I've been working on for school. And Sue, next week, I think we're going to talk about it. We're going to launch the uh, what I call my intern project, but essentially it is a roadmap for any school district to create yes. an educational technology integration plan. Some call it their strategic plan, but I'm looking forward to this. We showed it off last week at our coaches conversations got a lot of great feedback and sue uh, this past week i talked to my advisor and you know what he said and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna quote dan on this one are we good to he go says you're, he says you're finished and a good and a good intern project is a finished intern project is that right dan so that's, i am so excited about right. it and uh, talk talk about getting the, the, the you know getting it off your back a little bit uh, i have two more things to do and yes, I am taking this podcast with me. We got a school improvement plan and I have what we call an administrator's test to go. So um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be deep diving into my project, how it works. Got a lot of freebies. So I am looking forward to it. Sue, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I can't wait. I've gotten a few sneak peeks along the way. So it's going to be awesome when we uh, or when Jeff unveils it to everyone. I am looking forward to it. I'm so 
Oh my God, it's almost over. I just have to do, a, I literally have to do a few spelling mistakes and then I'm going to turn it back in. So we're all good for all that stuff. I want to say thank you guys for listening to this. I know we weren't planning to go an hour, but we really, really, uh, there's a, so much in here. I'm going to make sure that on our blog post over at Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 184, we've got links to all of Dan's great stuff. He's got videos, he's got podcasts, he's got links, he's got resources. All of that great stuff is over there. Hope you have a chance to check out all the stuff over at Leader of Learning. And by the way, subscribe to Dan's amazing YouTube channel. We're going to make sure we have the links to that. He's got a lot of great stuff in there. He even did a uh, a, a demo. Uh, I'm looking at this recently about studio lighting. And that's one of those conversations we've been actually having here recently on the show is podcasting equipment. So check out all the stuff over on Dan's YouTube channel at Leader of Learning. Don't want to miss all that stuff. Next week, we're talking about my intern project. Looking forward to all that. If you are looking to bring coaching into your classes and figure out how a tech coach group should work. You don't want to miss that one. That's going to be episode 175, 185. So on behalf of Dan and Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.